Alright, we're going to learn the Fabrengen that the Rebbe delivered on the first year of his leadership um, after uh, Yud Shvat, Tavshin, sorry? What year was that? This was in Tavshin Yud Aleph. Actually, it was, wasn't officially after the Rebbe uh, said the first discourse in Basilagani and Yud Shvat. Actually, it was, it was, I'm sorry. Okay, I mean, yeah, that was at the leadership. Year. Well, going in 1951. Oh, okay. 1951. The truth is, it was still 1950, I think. Okay, Aleph, before January 1st, so it's still, it's still, I think it's still 1950, but it was after. Okay, I got everyone confused over here, including myself with the dates. Yes, Tavshin Yud is the year the previous Rebbe passed away, 1950. The Rebbe accepted the leadership of Chabad a year later on the 10th, 11th of Shvat, 1951. Um, but that was. That was right after January. This for Brengen was before the Rebbe accepted the leadership officially of Chabad, on Parshas Lechad. Um, let's go right to it. Okay. <clears throat> My father-in-law explained in one of his talks, the Alt Rebbe says you have to live with the times, and Hasidim had a very great difficulty trying to figure out what does the Alt Rebbe mean when he says live with the times. Obviously, he doesn't mean to live with the uh, fashion of Paris and the literature of London. So what does Alter Rebbe mean when he says living with the times? So the Alter Rebbe's brother, the Maharil, explained that this means to live with the parasha of the week. The week of parasha's bracious in general is called a joyous week, although the end of the parasha <coughs> isn't so enjoyable, isn't so gishmak. The week of parasha's neach is a little bit of a negative, dreary week. We learn, read about the flood and the generation that built the tower. But the week of Parshas Lechacha is a truly joyous week because every single day of the week we live with Avram Avinu, the first Jew who opened up the channel of sacrifice and he bequeathed this ability of sacrifice. Oh, Shalom Aleichem He bequeathed this uh, ability of sacrifice to all Jews in all generations. So this power of sacrifice that Avram Avinu bequeathed to the Jewish people wasn't only to those who were born Jewish, it's, this also extends to those who convert to Judaism. All converts are called children of Avraham. As the Rambam writes in his famous letter, based upon the Yerushalmi, that also converts can say about Avraham, our forefather. Because Avraham is called the father of all converts. And that's why converts are expected to have the same level of sacrifice for Judaism as everyone else, because they are they receive from Avravin. That's the content of what the previous Rebbe related about his uh, what his father had told him. So according to this, we could say that the week of Parshas Lechacha is certainly a joyous week, because we're sp- in this Parsha, we talk about Avravinu's level subsequent to a circumcision. And through the circumcision, Avinu reaches a much higher level, incomparably higher than where he was before. Even before he had the circumcision, and even before Hashem told him, Lechacha, Avinu was already on a very lofty level. In the language of the previous Rebbe, the, in his talk on Simchas Teira, right before the Friedrich passed away, Tavshin Yud, he said Avinu was 75 years old. He was a balabayas, balachuzes. He was a possessor. He was an owner. 
He was an owner on every single detail of his, of his behavior. And he reached all levels that a person could possibly reach on their own. He even reached a level called Seichel Anel Mkorayim. Seichel Anel means like this. There is, the word Avram is made up of two words. Av means father. Ram means high. High father. So in Kabbalah, it says that Av refers to the source of all of the lights of Atzilus. Av refers to this first sphere of Atzilus, which is the level of Chachma, the source of all the subsequent lower levels of Atzilus. Avram means the sphere of Chachma as it is still absorbed within the, what is above Chachma. So before Atzilus, there is the desire of Hashem for Atzilus. That's called Keser, the crown. Just like the crown stands above the rest of the body, so too the desire of Hashem for the world of Atzilus is beyond and higher and transcends the world of Atzilus. Within the Keser, within the desire of Hashem, there are also ten levels, the ten spheres. Avram means the level of God's wisdom as it is before it emerges as wisdom in the world of Atzilus, the way it's still in its source in the crown. It's, it's called elsewhere in Chassidus, Chachm the hidden wisdom. The analogy that Chassidus gives for the hidden wisdom is uh, the ability to create ideas. You, you, you see that you have ideas flowing through your mind. Where do those ideas come from? You only are the recipient of those ideas. But those ideas have a source in the soul. And that source is called the Koyach HaMaskal, the power to think. The power to think, the power to, to create ideas, already is in some form in the realm of logic, in the realm of intelligence. There is a deeper and higher level in the soul called Seichel HaYuli HaAtzmi. Yuli is a Greek word which means something which has not been formed. Yuli, it's, it's, it's not... It's, it's just like a goylem. It's just, it's, it's unformed matter. So in the essence of the soul itself, there is a potential to create all the various soul levels, but they haven't yet emerged as various soul levels yet. There is just a potential to create those various soul levels. So in the essence of the soul, where there is a potential to create the various levels of chachma, different levels within intelligence and different levels of, of emotions, so there is no intelligence yet. There's just a potential for intelligence. But the Seichel Hanela, the level of Avram Avinu, the Avram Avinu reached, that's analogous to, in our lives, the ability to create ideas, where this, my ability to create ideas <clears throat> is, already, is already in the realm of intelligence itself. It, it already is called something of intelligence. Although I never get in touch with that level, and I, I only see what emerges from it. I only see, I only see the water coming out of of, of, of that spout. I don't see the spout itself. But it's still in the realm of logic, and that's why logic emerges directly from it. So co- compared, compared to this is within Atzilus, within the highest world, the highest level of Atzilus is the Svir of Chachm. Now, since we're talking about intellect, and uh, just, just to give some context over here, in the, uh, intellect doesn't mean, when we're talking about Atzilus, what we think it, it does. Intellect is... Just like in our lives, intellect is a pursuit of truth. Intellect is a wisdom to something. Intellect is the ability to see something. So when we talk about atzilus, intellect means the ability to see the truth of Hashem. The koyach of chacham stima, seichan al 
That's the highest ability to perceive godliness. That's, that's what Avram Avinu reached. The Al Rebbe calls, he classifies Chacham Vatzilus as a place where there it's revealed in that place how Hashem is alone, there's nothing besides him. What is Chacham Vatzilus? The revelation of the truth how God is alone, there's nothing besides him. That's the first sphere of Vatzilus. Chacham is even beyond that. It's beyond the revelation of Hashem is alone, nothing besides him. Even higher than that. It's before it's a level of revelation. Revelation already means that it's not the thing itself, it's the way it's revealed. Then there's a higher perception of that same truth, which is incomparably higher than that, and that's Chachmistimah. So Avram Avinu is called Avram, the High Father, because he reached that level. And he, he reached whatever a human being could reach on his own. And when he was on this highest of levels, that you can't get higher than that, that's when God told him, leave your house, leave your birthplace, reach, go even higher. And then after that, after Avram went higher than what you could possibly reach without God speaking to him, then Hashem gave him another mitzvah, the mitzvah of circumcision, which tells us how incredible the mitzvah of circumcision is and where that brings him. All of the levels that Avram Avinu reached before he was circumcised were all things he reached with his own power. There are things that are still in the realm of creation. Through the circumcision, Avram Avinu reached things which are beyond the realm of creation. Uh, things that God gave him as a gift. Like it says in the Torah, God will circumcise your heart. A, the thing that a person does through the act of circumcision is merely to remove the, the, what prevents the revelation. But the revelation itself, it is achieved through circumcision, is not something we can reach on our own. It's something which comes from above. We just make the, the scene, we make, we make the stage for this revelation to occur. But the revelation is something which is far beyond what a human being can reach. That, the Chassidus the, gives an analogy elsewhere of mining etam. It says in the base of Migdash, the mikvah that Kohen Gadol would immerse into was 23 amas high, 23 cubits high, or 50 feet high. How does the Gemara know that that was the height of this mikvah? So the Gemara says because it came, this mikvah was filled with a spring from an etam. Mine in etam, it, the, the, the spring emerged from a place that was 23 amas high, and so it's impossible that it fills a space which is above that. You can't have something receiving uh, from a spring and be higher than the spring itself. If it, if it gets from the spring, the highest it could be is the spring itself. So too with Avram Avinu. If Avram Avinu um, is able to reach a certain level, he's only able to reach that what a human being can reach. He can only reach that what God gave him. Circumcision, however, is something that Hashem gave him as a gift beyond what a human being can reach. There's a similar concept in Tanya, it says that uh, it says that angels come to hear Torah insights that we that we create. Why do angels come to hear Torah insights that we create? Because um, our soul is in a body, and the Torah that we reveal through our efforts were previously that Torah information was previously hidden and captured in exile in Klippa. And in order for me to get to that insight, I have to ignore whatever my body wants, ignore all physical pleasures, and to go for the Torah, to reveal the, the insights in Torah that which were previously hidden, that wasn't, that wasn't there, wasn't revealed before. 
So because of this incredible achievement of revealing something that was there before, uh, that, that, something that was captured in Klippa, the angels and souls come from the higher worlds to hear the Torah insights that we, we uh, Neanderthals, uh, reveal in Torah. So, on a second. Yeah, so our efforts are about taking away those sparks of Hashem that were hidden in the clip. They were there before. And we, our efforts are just to, to, to unearth those sparks. Similar to Avram Avinu, that when he circumcised himself, he removed the negativity, that was possible for God to give him a gift. Elsewhere, Chassidus says that Avram Avinu did a lot of great things before God spoke to him, but the Torah doesn't talk about all those things. When did Avram Avinu become Jewish? His Jewishness was God spoke to him. His greatness wasn't in his, in his devotion to Hashem. His greatness was in what God gave to him, in the revelation that Hashem gave to him. Human being could do only whatever human being could do. What makes him Jewish is the revelation of godliness. It's something which comes from, from upstairs. What he does here is merely to, to create the stage for that to happen. So what happens to Avram Avinu through the circumcision is compared, comparable to birth. That the child becomes a whole new entity. And just like in order to create a child, it says that you need to have an infinite power of Hashem to produce a child. Why? Because to create a child, what you're really doing is you're, you're making it possible for mankind to go on forever. So in every birth, there's an expression of God's infinity. So Avram Avinu getting circumcised is compared to birth, where there's, express, there's an expression in the circumcision of God's infinite light. So that tells us how great the joy of the week of Lechacha is, that we're living with Avram Avinu after he was circumcised. And this joy continues in the weeks after this week, throughout the year, just like the joy of Simchas Torah is meant to be a transcendent light that encompasses all of the, the lights that are given to us throughout the year, so too the joy of Lechacha is meant to continue. So to prepare for the circumcision, to get to the circumcision, to get to this great lofty thing that we're talking about, the first Geshem tells him is, go out of your land. In order to reach these lofty lights, he has to leave limitations. He has to leave even holy limitations. There is the limitations that our animal soul confers upon us. The Code of Jewish Law tells us to act a certain way. Books of Torah ethics tell us to act a certain way. And they tell us to how to look at our physical pleasures in our life and to explain. My great-great-grandfather had this custom. He would give a child a ruble. So I'll give you this ruble if you say that the world is not worth a ruble. That was, his, that, was, that was how he did business. So we can learn books of Musr and the Code of Jewish Law and we can understand that the physicality is not, does not really have a value. So that allows us to lead the limitations of our animal soul. Animal soul says, I'm comfortable doing this, I'm not comfortable doing more. So we're able to address that and, and to say to the animal soul, listen, you want to sleep? Sleeping isn't valuable. You want money? Money isn't valuable. We're able to go beyond limitations of our body and our animal soul. But that's all within the context of physical limitations. But the Rebbe is talking about something else. The Rebbe is saying you have to leave your spiritual limitations, holy limitations. That's a whole different thing. R- regarding the study of Torah, for example, a person may say, you know what my job is? 
I'm going to be a supporter of Torah. I myself will learn a chapter in the morning, a chapter in the evening, and I'll pay for other people to learn Torah. I, I'll learn, I have my Torah study after davening, and uh, I don't need to make an effort in Torah study. I just, why do I need to learn Chassidus necessarily? And that's what he says about Torah study. Regarding davening, he says, I'll come to Shul in middle of davening. I'll get to Shul when the chazan's up to, let's say, Yishtabach. And according to the Code of Jewish Law, when you arrive in Shul at that spot, you're technically allowed to skip where you got up to over there. You, you arrived at Yishtabach. Oh, you have to, the Code of Jewish Law says you have to start at Yishtabach. So I'll skip three quarters of davening as long as I daven with a minion. That's what a person might say. I'm going to grind those words of davening very quickly without thinking about what they mean. It's also enough. And it's enough to say, uh, for sure it's enough to think about the, what the words mean without thinking about before whom I'm standing. And to take time before davening to think about what I'm doing, that certainly is... The person says to himself, instead of doing that, I'll put my hands together. Instead of meditating about God, I'll put my hands together like a servant before his master instead of any meditation. And I can let my mind wander. That's what the person says about davening. I'll skip half of davening, come late. Regarding tzedakah, he says, according to Shulchan Aruch, according to the Code of Jewish Law, there is a limit to how much tzedakah you need to give. There is a biblical obligation, there is a rabbinic obligation. I don't have to give more than the amount. To give more than the fifth, not only am I not obligated to give, it's forbidden to give. As the Talmud says, you're not supposed to give more than a fifth. That was yesterday's uh, Rambam. In general, the guy says, I shouldn't be more strict than the commandments of Torah. In the language of the Gemara Yerushalmi, the Gemara Yerushalmi says, Dayach Torah. It's enough what the Torah forbade you. Do I have to be more religious than the Gemara Yerushalmi? So he says, I shouldn't do anything beyond what the law requires. I wish I'd just act according to the bare limitations. So Rebbe says, all of these claims, they're because of the limitations of our mind, including the intelligence of holiness. The Friedrich Rebbe once said, that in America, there is a disease. And the disease in America is called Menmeg. Have you studied about that disease in the L'chaim University? L'chaim, menmeg means it's, it's allowed. Friedrich Ebbe said there's a disease in America called it's allowed, it's kosher. On the other hand, the opposite, conversely, as we learned last week, the previous Rebbe said that there, are, there was expression by chassidim, what, that which is forbidden is forbidden. And that which is permissible, we don't need it. It says in the Gemara that a ignoramus, ignoramus is forbidden to eat meat. doesn't mean it's literally treif, not kosher from to eat meat, because whatever is forbidden in Kabbalah, whatever the Torah says is forbidden, Kabbalah tells us it, that means it's attached to the klippa, it can't be elevated. You can't make a bracha on it. You can, if a person needs something which is not kosher, it, even though he uses the energy to learn and to daven, to give, it, it, the, the energy there can never be elevated. It's, it's, the word asur in Hebrew, asur means it's attached. You can't elevate it. So meat for ignoramus is not attached to the evil. It could be elevated. And the, this ignoramus must say a blessing before he eats and a blessing after he eats. But what this means is, similar to this expression of chassidim, that which is forbidden is forbidden. That which is permissible is not necessary. Meaning, this guy who is ignorant in Torah, that extra energy he's going to get from the meat is not going to, he's not going to be able to channel that and use it for holiness. 
he doesn't have that, that, that level of consciousness. So Chassidus says that the purpose of eating is not for the person that he should receive from the food, because a person is higher than the food. And a shama is higher than the food you're eating. The reason why God ordained that we need to eat is for the sake of the food, in order that we should elevate the food. And the food is waiting for us to eat it, so we should elevate it. That's really what's going on. The food is waiting for us. We, we think we're waiting for the food, though really the food is waiting for us. The Rebbe Shab, the previous Rebbe related that his father was once eating, and something fell off his fork into his plate, and the Rebbe Shab said, it, the food is, I think it was a piece of fish actually, it, it's not ready yet to be elevated. It's not, it's not, it, it, it doesn't want to, uh, it doesn't want to go anywhere. If I remember correctly, another occasion, the Rebbe said that this, uh, that the, the, the Rebbe Hashab was eating fish, and it says in Gemara, Kabbalah, that the souls of the righteous specifically are, their incarnation is in fish, when they need to be rectified, if not the way they're supposed to. So the Rebbe Hashab remarked, this was an angry Torah scholar. He doesn't want to go up yet. He doesn't want to, he, he, has, he, he wants to, he doesn't, he's, not, he's not ready yet. So, this, uh, this idea that the food wants us to eat it, that's when our consumption of the food is not because of our own desire. In other words, I'm eating the food because the food wants me to eat it. But if I'm eating the food because I want to eat it, for, for my sake, because I want to receive from the food, so not only am I not, am I not elevating the food, on the contrary, the food's bringing me down. And since the food's bringing me down, I'm also bringing the food down. So because the, since the food caused me to uh, go after something which leaves much to be desired, so I've descended because of the food, so now the food has descended as well. It's similar to what the Friedrich Rebbe says about um, walking in the street. The Friedrich Rebbe says when everyone walks in the street, they have to think, they have to think about Torah. Everyone in their level, Hasidus, Gemara, Mishnayis, and Yaakov, at least a verse of Chumash, a verse of Tilum. And if not, the previous Rebbe says, the stone itself tells you, you goylam, you bulach, why are you stepping on me? Although a person is loftier than the stone, the realm of the human is higher than the, the inanimate, but why is the human better than the inanimate? Is because he has intelligence. But when a spirit of foolishness enters him, and he's not doing his job, so then the stone says to you, you're a goylem. Why do you step on me? So, at, at the previous time we said that when Mashiach will come, that, that, that's we're going to hear it. The, the stone will, will actually tell us this. But after all these explanations, from the perspective of logic, even if from the perspective of the logic of, of a Jew, there's still a question. What's forbidden according to Torah is forbidden. But what, that which is permissible, since the Torah says it's permissible, why are you telling me that that which is permissible is unnecessary? The Torah says it's permissible. And the answer is that we shouldn't enter a thrust and parry, a back and forth with our intellect. Because if you go into the realm of questions, then you'll have a question. The Babylonian Talmud, Jerusalem Talmud, rather our approach has to be with sacrifice and Kabbalah sale, to accept the yoke of Hashem upon ourselves. In the beginning, of the first step of serving Hashem is accepting the yoke of Hashem upon yourself. And that's, that's the meaning of sacrifice. The word Hebrew for sacrifice is Mesiris Nefesh. Mesiris Nefesh doesn't mean to actually jump off a roof and kill yourself. Mesiris Nefesh means, Chassis explains, to give away your desire for Hashem. To give away even your desire for holiness. The Rebbe once said that it was in the middle of a discourse in, 
in, I think in Achon Shal Pesach, in 1954, Debe spoke about a person, there was a moment in the Febreng, and Debe said, the Neshama tells Hashem, leave me alone. Let me cleave to you for a minute. And Hashem knocks on the door, and Hashem says, behind this door, there's a child who needs to learn Kometz Alafa. So go out of the room that you're in, and go play with a child for half an hour. So he will say Kometz Alafa. And Hashem was like, no, I don't want to. Hashem says, no, I want you to go out of the room. So that's the meaning of Glechachad, going out of the realm of, of our desires, not only the desires of our animal soul, but even the desires of our of our of holiness, as the, the, the Rambam says that every Jew really wants to do holy things, but to go beyond the limitations means to go even beyond the limitations of our neshama, of our limitations of holiness, and this is especially relevant at the, in the time of exile before Mashiach comes. At this time, it's not enough to serve Hashem with logic. There's a need for sacrifice, and only with this power of sacrifice can we go through the exile. As the author writes in Tanya, in chapter 25 at the end, the author asks a question, why is it that Moshe Rabbeinu told the generation entering Israel specifically to say Shema twice a day? Why did they have to know about saying Shema? In the desert, they didn't know about this, only when they entered Israel, they had to say Shema twice a day. So the answer is, the author says that when you say Shema, the theme of Shema is, you're giving your life to Hashem. We say Hashem Echad, that is all says, you have to have a mind, I'm, giving, I'm ready to give my life for Hashem. So the altar says that this idea of, of giving yourself over to Hashem, that you're ready to give your life for the sake of Hashem, that has to be Kovua, Belibay, Tamid, Mamish, Yemum, Valayla, Loyamish, Vazachrain. It has to be set in your heart all the time, never leaving your memory, always to think about that. Why? Only with that paradigm, only with that thought, are you able to overcome Yetzahara. The author explains, if I'm ready to give away my life rather than sever my bond with Hashem, so how much more so should I be ready to give away all kinds of uh, vanities, all kinds of things which aren't important, rather than sever my bond with Hashem. So the generation entering Israel, it wasn't because they had to contend with the 31 kings in Israel, that's why they had to have sacrifice. They didn't need sacrifice. God promised them that He's going to do miracles for them. The sacrifice they needed was in order to overcome their own limitations within themselves. So similarly, in the time of exile, there's more of an emphasis of sacrifice than time of the Beis Time of the Beis HaMikdash, so they didn't need to have so much sacrifice. Things were more obvious. So, so too regarding Avram Avinu, when he started to go into exile, God said to him, Lechacha, go beyond your limitations. And with this power of going beyond limitations, he is able to go to the land, to go to the world, knowing that although the general, the Gemara says, that when you go on the road, there are three things that you lose, but not only did Avram Avinu not get weaker, in those three elements, we learned in Chitas yesterday, but on the contrary, Hashem promised him, that Hashem's name will be greater, that meaning, not Avram Avinu's name will be greater, but Avram wasn't arrogant, he wasn't conceited, he just wanted Hashem's name to be greater, so specifically by him going on the journey, not only did he not lose out on his wealth, and, and, and the ability to have children, and uh, on the contrary, Hashem made him his name great, and this was all in the merit of his, his accepting Hashem's commandment, lechacha, to go beyond his limitations, until you reach the level of, of circumcision, which, as we said, is a revelation of lofty lights of Hashem, incomparable to revelation of, uh, of birth. Okay, we'll stop here. Any questions or comments?
All right, have a great day.